Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to Software Radio. I'm your host today, Steve Balistrieri. Joining me. And we have a very special guest today, Jake Lockett, who's an actor out of Los Angeles. But Jake has a really interesting biography. Uh, he's a lot more than your typical actor, I think, <laughs> that you'll find in Hollywood. He's a pretty interesting guy. He has a lot of different <laughs> stuff, irons in the fire going on. And uh, we're going to talk to him about yeah. that. But before we get into that, I just w- wanted to wish everyone the best out there. I know people are very upset with this whole COVID-19 thing and they've been locked up and, you know, for all our listeners and readers out there, we hope everyone is doing fine. And, uh, you know, that they're all hanging in there. Hopefully this stuff will all be over shortly and we can get back to a normal life, whatever that may be for any of us. But anyway, we want to welcome Jake to the podcast. Jake, thanks for taking the time. I know it's real early for you out in Los Angeles and, uh, you know, we really appreciate it. <laughs> no worries. Glad to be here, you know. Uh, military is something that's, you know, been in my family. So I'm happy to be on here uh, with you guys. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. And uh, I was I was looking at your bio. You grew up in a little town in Texas. Uh, is it yeah, pronounced Aquila? It's actually Aquila. Uh, they Texaned it. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, um, it's a, it's a tiny little town outside of Waco. There's about a hundred and I think the city limit uh, sign says 106 now, um, people <laughs> in the city limits. Wow. So it, it's a small place. Um, but 
there's some good stuff that comes out of that. You know, you hard work. Uh, everybody, you know, is family, uh, which is good. And then, um, yeah, just uh, they teach you how to like uh, use your hands. My grandfather taught me how to weld at like 12. So there's a lot of cool things that come when you when you have your whole family around you and you uh, you start working early. It's good. Yeah, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I had never heard of it, uh, but I have a brother-in-law who lives in Fort Worth. <laughs> no I one. Him. <laughs> so I, I asked my brother-in-law. <laughs> I bet he hadn't him. heard of it either. No, he had. Uh, he's he's an over-the-road truck driver, oh, so wow. he knows it. Yeah, and uh, oh, okay, he was yeah. like, "Yeah, that's about an hour south of me." And he's like, "They have they have a nice lake." And <laughs> I, I thought he said Aquila, but he, maybe he said Aquila. But uh, yeah, he was like, "They got a nice lake out there." So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he's we probably do. we, have a, we yeah. have a let go go ahead go ahead. No, I, I was like, so he must have been by there at least once or twice. Well, I think he's if he's ever gone down I thirty five, he's he's seen a sign for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, but that we do have a good lake. We got a Aquila Lake that people um, fish at. Uh, it's a really good fishing lake. I wouldn't call it a, a recreational lake. <laughs> it's a it's a shallow dam lake, and you can you can get some good um, trout lining going out there. It's it's great for fishing. So you grew up there. You went well, to high school there, yeah. I take it, and then. Um, I, I read that. Yeah, you went man, right I, to... I grew... mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I went to high school there. I grew, I, I graduated with a class of 15 people. Um, the, uh, the school there, uh, if you played sports, you played all of them. So I played, I was football player, you know, ba- baseball when we had a team, basketball, track and field. Um, it's an interesting thing. Like when I, because I, my degree, or what I ended up getting into, um, I was I was the only person in one of my classes. It was just me and the teacher, so that was always a that was a that's that pretty was a awesome fun experience. <laughs> that that's a that's yeah. a definite one on one time with your teacher. <laughs> to 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 sometimes to a bad fault, you know. I'm sure I'm not the first kid to fall asleep in a class, and when you're the only one in the class, <laughs> um, there's not a whole lot for the teacher to do if you're sleeping. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to hide when uh, that's that's the uh, you know the situation there. Which I was I was really sure. good at hiding in the back of the class, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I read that, that you 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 went to Texas A and M, and and uh, obviously you're a smarter guy than most of us in uh, software up here because you studied <laughs> aerospace engineering. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I, I always liked planes. I'd actually never even been on a plane until I got into college. I was playing rugby for the school uh, for A&M, and I went on a trip with them, and that's the first time I was ever on a plane. But I was already in my degree program. <laughs> but planes had always been interesting to me. Um, so, And I guess mechanical, math, those types of things came to me pretty easy. So um, I... I went into aerospace engineering. It was it was great. It's great great field. A lot of work, um, but it was one of those things where it, it was just it was cool enough at the time that uh, it it kept me focused. Oh, that's I mean that's the uh, the cool. You know, we, we always joke about you know in the military we always joked about guys. Oh, well he's uh you know he he's he's a rocket scientist. Well, actually. 
you kind of were one. So yeah. Yeah, yeah it was cool. We had t-shirts, you know, as nerds as nerds can be at times. We had t-shirts that uh said, uh, I am a rocket scientist. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You know, that's like uh yeah, I yeah. could never pass the math courses, I can tell you that. That was my downfall in college. I mean, uh, you know, and as it was, I mean, I studied journalism and English and my English is horrible. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's why I ended up joining special forces. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't call my English perfect either. So I feel you there. <laughs> well, you know, I, I speak Bostonian with a side of English, so, you know, uh, that's, a, you know. <laughs> that's what we that's yeah, how we up on that. yeah. that's good yeah yeah <laughs> but um you know in college yeah. I, I read about the you studied german language and you actually spoke with yeah. some some cia folks about possibly joining up were, were you ever close to that yeah um i was close on a couple of things i am um, you know i i uh, i studied german um mm -hmm. as a as a minor and just because my family was german or is german <laughs> um mm -hmm. part of it at least and one of the the one of the speakers at the aerospace uh organization that i was a part of was a former uh cia uh black ops uh officer mm -hmm. and he uh he told us about his life and like some of the stories that he did. And so I stayed in contact with him and met with him a couple of times, but, uh, you know, as life does, I, I had a fiance who was not interested uh, in, in me going into that life of work. So it kind of, it cut it shorter than it maybe would have been if I hadn't been with someone. Um, yep. but yeah, like I, I always thought it would be cool. You know, sometimes those things sound cooler than they are. And so I think part of that was, you know, it's not always, it's not always, um, Jason Bourne, you know, when you're oh, yeah. in the CIA, yeah. it's, it's a lot of, it's right. a lot and, of other you know, stuff, you, a lot of time. And <laughs> oh yeah. And it's tough on the families too, because you know, you're, oh yeah. I, I knew a lot of guys overseas when, you know, I worked out of American embassies overseas and the, the CIA guys, it was tough on their families because they have to live that double life and the families didn't really sign up for that. The guys did or the girls in no. some cases, Yeah. but uh, it's tough on the family. So, I mean, I, you know, I get that part of it. I mean, we, we all kind of want to be Jason Bourne. I, if you ever hear my ringtone, it's James Bond because I grew up a Bond fan. Yeah, exactly. up. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I, I met an MI6 guy and he told me, oh, you know, um, uh, we, we don't do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, the movies aren't like, like mean, real life. You mean oh, you don't get it, Aston Martin? And he laughed, and he was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that, that but uh, yeah, that's what it was with Jim. Like the the guy that was recruiting me was um, he was talking about his life, and his wife was there with him on some of his missions because he was in Russia. Like that was where mm -hmm. a lot of his um, uh, undercover stuff went, and his wife had to be there with him. And it wasn't—it was when their kids um, started came along that it became 
very difficult. You start worrying about their safety and things like that. So that's what actually put pushed him outside of it into into operations. I think uh, managing yeah. operations. So it's it, it definitely limits it. I mean, it's the same thing. I I almost I was the same thing. I was on my way to finish my um, Air Force. I almost went into the Air Force as well, but again, that fiance may have saved me or not saved me from a different life. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> you yeah. never know. You know uh, but I know that. I know. Uh, then, yeah, w- when you first get out of college, you work for Boeing for a while, uh, and then you you I obviously did. got hit with the acting bug. But uh, so, what was it like working yeah. uh, for for Boeing? Was that an interesting job, or was that like a kind of a boring thing? No, it was. It was one of those things that. Um, you know, I got the degree because it was interesting. And, you know, again, once you get out into the private sector, it's not always what you would expect. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I had a cool job. I mean, I worked with on planes. I literally, I was an, a stress analyst for production support. So when something would go wrong, we would do a stress analysis on the part and, or the, the greater family of parts that um, to make sure it could handle all the ultimate loads and fatigue loads of, of, the lifespan of a plane and so i had to climb inside wings on wings on top of planes and the tail all over the plane I, I went on a couple of test flights um so it it was a cool job it just wasn't something i had already gotten halfway to the highest point i could be but mm-hmm. after a couple of years and it wasn't something that i woke up excited to do it was like oh this is a good job you know what i mean i'm grateful for that but it wasn't something that really impassioned me um, right and i think we've all known a lot of people that did jobs just because they were good jobs and didn't do them because they were impassionate or passionate about them you know <laughs> there's a lot of people in different people's lives and so I, at that time i didn't have a fiance anymore and i didn't have any kids so i got back into the performing um and that's how i ended up getting here you know it was that it was that transition from you know, a really cool job for a company that was great and very good to me um, to just the recognition that I wasn't happy doing it. Right. And uh, I, I totally get that. I mean, you have to have passion for what you're doing. And I think we all agree with that. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you have a passion for it, if you love doing what you're doing, it's not really a job. It's it's doing something you look forward to exactly. going to work. And I look back upon my time in the military. I mean, you know, I used to look forward to going to work every day. I mean, I did. I mean, I loved my job. And that's, that's I mean, awesome. I, I get that completely. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, you you, you know, you, uh, I think I read that you did a little acting in high school. So, you, you got you got bit by the acting bug and you moved to L.A. Tell, tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. No, I was uh, in high school, like, I one of my football coaches actually was the head of the theater program and my senior year he he was like you needed this extra credit because he was because it was small school he was also the principal he's like you need this extra credit um why don't you come in and do a role just audition for a role and and see what it is see see if you like it and that way you get this extracurricular credit that you need for graduation they're like okay so I auditioned and I ended up playing the reverend and the importance of being earnest, this older guy. And <laughs> it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, I really had a good time. 
but uh, you know things like that seem far away acting seemed far away for someone in a town like uh, like I grew up didn't seem like a viable option so I got done and I remember my dad asking me after the last performance he's like you think you'd ever want to do that and I was like "Mm, nah no definitely not (laughs) and then you know I um I cut to uh cut to you know I guess what six years later seven years later I'm sitting up in Seattle and not excited about where I was going with things and so I started performing again I used to I I play guitar and sing and so I I started performing and then I started I you know was looking into acting and I started uh, doing some uh, acting auditions and I booked some roles up there and and um, met a manager and started working with him and he said look if you want to do this you can't do it legitimately in Seattle you got to get to LA and so that I ended up going to LA on that it's funny one of my classmates from high school sent me a photo uh, of my signature and her yearbook and apparently I knew better then than I knew <laughs> and I thought I did um, but I put look for me on TV <laughs> in, in my signature <laughs> in her yearbook so I, I was a little surprised I had forgotten about it and then I looked back say oh I guess I I guess I it was in there and I just didn't even know it that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so it was a up. little bit of a premonition there. So, yeah, I guess so. It, it I, I had completely blanked it out of my mind apparently because I didn't even remember doing it, but apparently I did. <laughs> now, now moving um, to LA. So yeah, I mean, I got, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, well, that's what I was about to say. I, then, you know, I, I moved to LA, you know, uh, and just got into the work in, in Seattle. I studied theater. I did some theater work up there at a theater company. And then I moved to LA. Sorry if there's noise in the background. I got a dump of yeah, trash trucks coming by. Um, but uh, I, uh, I moved to LA and started working in classes, doing, doing different training just to make sure I was ready for what I needed to be doing here. And um you know, just got into the life of being a, a someone pursuing acting here, where you got to get a side job. You know, you got to be able to support yourself. And um, started booking things, which was good. It didn't take too long for that. I actually flew to uh, Bucharest for a film, and then a couple of years later, I ended up going to Hong Kong for a film. So I got to travel the world a little bit, which is really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. It just kind of just keeps you know building. You know, my first job was a comedy, which I never would have expected. And I've learned that I've, I've done a, a few comedies at this point, and I really enjoy doing comedy work. I think it's one of them, uh, especially on a on a um, a live studio set. My mm-hmm. most recent role was on a show called Fam, and it, it's a multi-camera comedy or like a sitcom, you know, like Friends or any of those, Seinfeld, that type of stuff. And you're there in front of hundreds of people shooting your scenes, you know, um, you rehearse them a lot. You rehearse for the whole week. Um, but then when you shoot them that day, that's it. They're done. You know, like you do it with the studio audience, the director's there and you're performing. It was an amazing experience and super collaborative as well. Like it, it you get to, you get to watch some people you really admire and you get to be side by side with them and like recognize that you're ready to be with them 
on that level. And it's a, it's a really amazing experience. I was going to ask you, I'm glad you mentioned the comedy because I was going to ask you about that. And that segued perfectly into this. I mean, one of your first roles, I believe, was on uh, Two Broke Girls, which that's one of my wife's favorite. uh, That was one of her favorite shows. And I've watched it with her many times. Now, was that in front of a studio audience? Yes, that's another studio audience uh, option as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, some of the yeah. scenes, it's interesting in, in TV, they, 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 um, they have, uh, some of the stuff is shot in front of a smaller audience, um, mm-hmm. the night before, because you just can't shoot all of it. And so they shoot some of it, um, the night before the main taping. And, uh, so you get the studio laughter and then you get laughter the next day as well when they show the scene, because what they'll do is they shoot those scenes just out of time the day before. And then the next day in between transitions of, different scenes they'll show those scenes just like it would be on the show like your your timing is very similar um so the audience gets to watch that scene leading up to the next scene that's actually live in front of them yeah because i was curious about that uh, how you know condensed the television shooting schedule has to be just by the nature of it because i worked for a couple of years as a security advisor for film which is very different Mm -hmm. and because I've talked to some actors who said, yeah, television is, is a lot more difficult because of the condensed schedule where, you know, usually on a film, it's a little bit more relaxed. And I was wondering about that, but uh, so, yeah, you've been, you know, yeah, you true. get I mean, it. Mm-hmm. Like on a, like on a multi a sitcom, you have five days. So you come in on Monday, you read the script, you do a first rehearsal um, that day. Uh, and then, and then you do a rehearsal on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then on Thursday, you do a, a light rehearsal. You shoot the scenes that you're not shooting on Friday. And then you shoot on Friday, generally. I mean, it, it could be, you know, any variation of those days around the weekend even. Um, but generally, it's a Monday through Friday thing. And it's a, you're shooting a whole episode in five days. So you got to get it right. Uh, for drama uh, TV, it, it's generally like a six to eight day turnaround, but it, I mean, you're still shooting an hour worth of content and to get it right in eight days at the most or six days. And so you have to, it really forces everyone to be on their A game. It, it, it puts you in a position where the, the team that goes behind uh, a television show is critical. I mean, there are a lot of people working on it and it, um, it is, uh, it's it's you really understand how important each cog in the wheel is enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm signing up and playing is so easy simply sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matter more than ever place your money line prop and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Oh, yeah. And that's why I was curious about it, because I was talking with an assistant director on a a war film I worked on. And he told me he was like, Mm -hmm. if we get two to three minutes of film in the can a day on a feature film, we consider that a pretty good day. And he's like, if you ever work in television, and he was like, he he was the one that's saying (laughs) they basically do, you know, after rehearsals, they basically do about a 30 minute you know, television show in about a day and a half. And uh, so I was like, yeah, that's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then some guys, you know, some people are even more intense. You look at someone like Tyler Perry, who's, who's shooting or, or soap operas for that matter, who are shooting an Mm -hmm. episode a day. Like that's how quick the turnaround is. You know I mean? You, as an actor, it forces you to really have your, your tool sharp. You know, there's a lot of people that think, soap actors aren't as good actors but i i would almost you know that they have a less time to like get it perfect that's that's the hard part with with being on a soap but as far as actors go it's just you're 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 turning and burning you know there's there's no second takes they get they tape the rehearsal and then you get one take and that's it so you got to get it right so it's a (laughs) it's a totally different pressure how pressure cooker for that world well, which brings us to one of your roles, and I know that our uh, our owner Brandon really wanted to talk to you about. You got to play on SEAL Team on CBS, but you weren't really a good guy on that one. Tell us about that. <laughs> Tell us about that role. No, I. Uh, it was interesting when you know uh, I was contacted about it um, because it. It, uh, I'm looking right now to see the name of the actual uh, person um, uh, because you guys, you know, given that you guys are representing SOF, you know, it, so it, it, it's just one, it was a role about a, a, a deserter. Um, yeah. uh, so it was, uh, it wasn't <laughs> the uh, most amazing soldier, but it was interesting working on a, a show that had, you know, that has, has X, uh, SOF, um, or XS, uh, soft, uh, guys on it. You know, uh, there was a couple former seals on the show and they really helped me a lot, uh, as far as prepping for the role. I, I played a guy named Lucas Garner who left, um, who deserted his base, his post in Afghanistan and was captured and held for four years. Um, uh, in captivity and tortured um and and understanding that world uh i wouldn't have known i wouldn't have understood it until i talked to those guys they were key in helping me with that um and just recognizing the world that they had lived in it was it was a very humbling experience to be next to them and, and hear their stories um uh but yeah for me like that role even prepping that role was difficult because i'm not exact i'm I'm someone who believes that if you sign up, like you have to, you have to do your duty. Um, and 
So it, it became a, an interesting conflict because for me, acting is always about how you fit into a role because most people can't, you know, they're, they're, I've played terrible people. I've played mm -hmm. really nice people, you know, like it's all in there. We all, we're all just like shades away from being, <laughs> you know, a little wild at times. And so like finding a reason as someone who doesn't agree with that, who, who would, in my mind would never do that. Like what would have to have gone down? What would have to have happened in my mind to think that it was okay to, or that that was my only option was to mm -hmm. desert my post. Right. So, which is, I'm sure for you as well, Steve, like what would have to have happened? So you have to create as an actor, you create all that story um, to, to validate it. Because if you don't, if you're like, well, I'm just the guy and that's what I did, then you don't actually live a, a life on screen. You're, you're, there's an idea about it and you understand that that's what has to have happened, but you don't believe it. And for me, I'm very much a window actor, meaning I let people in. I don't present a scene like a, you, you see me going through it. And it is, um, it is, it was a lot of work to be able to do that. It, it took a, so, it was a, it was a frustrating thing. So you, you kind of have to immerse yourself in that character while you're, you know, portraying that role. So, well, you know, it, it's, it's being real at, at that point. Am, am I right there? Or is, am, am I off the, the to a degree? Line? I mean, I think uh, to a degree, I think, you know, there's, you know, people who consider themselves method actors, meaning they, they jump into that life. Like they don't, they, once they're in that role, once they're shooting, they don't leave that character. So outside of the shooting, they're that person that, you know, which I, which isn't what I, what I do. It, it's more about the development of the character in, in my life. Once you, once you develop all that stuff, then it's about being present, you know, and just being mm. there. But for me, it, I really had to like understand who, where, what would have to have happened for me to do that. And it was, you know, cause that, that cause that makes you look at yourself, right? Cause no one wants to think that they would ever do that. Right. Right. So it, it really forces you to personify like what, like I said, like, you know, is, maybe there's nothing that would ever let you Steve <laughs> have done that obviously. <laughs> um, but you know, what, if you can think about it, what could it have been? And so like that, that was really difficult for me. Cause again, that's not something I agree with. I don't think that's what one should do, but obviously it's happened. So those people thought at some point that it was what they had to do. So how do I portray that in an empathetic way as much as possible? Yeah, yeah it's funny because uh, how, how you're describing this. Uh, uh, one of the war films I worked on, Jason Isaacs, that uh, British actor, um, he was playing a special mm -hmm. forces officer. So when he found out what my background was as the security, overall security advisor, he'd come walking up to me between takes and he'd ask me, you know, what would you be thinking about during this? What would you, what would your reaction be with this? How would you talk about this? So we, we were talking and I said, if you want to look like the real kind of deal, I, I had a special forces rant. I said, wear this during the, uh, the next shot. Cause anyone who's an SF guy will see that ring and they'll recognize it. Well, Jason's not really a big guy. So he put my ring on and it was falling off. So we had to tape it all up. 
but then the, in the uh, in, in the uh, it got, that scene got cut out on the cutting room floor, so no one ever saw the ring. But uh, it was interesting because he's like, "Yeah, I want to get this right because I, you know, I, I want to talk like you guys would talk. I want to act kind of like you guys were." And yeah. I was like, "Well, you know, it's a film, and we understand that things can't always be totally realistic sometimes." because of yeah. you know you're trying to tell a story and uh but it was interesting because uh you know he was getting in his mind he wanted to be you know he wanted to be that person while they're you know the cameras are turning so i kind of get that uh, it's it's really interesting to me especially i mean getting to see a little bit of it from you know my perspective which was outside the creative process but I love watching how it all comes together. And I think that's really, mm -hmm. really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm the same way, you know, it was, it, it, it was, whenever I'm on set, it's always magic. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not yeah. bored. I'm not, I'm not a, uh, when am I, when is my shot? When can I go home? Like it, I, I think it's all interesting. I think it's a, the art form, the collaboration throughout the art form is really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, those those guys, they, they told me a lot, you know, from what it, what prisoners go through. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the, like, live like videos of someone being beheaded, but that was some of the things that I looked into just to understand what world would be, what that world would be threatened with. And I asked one of the ex-seals, I was like, why do, those get, why do those people always look so calm? And he said, one of the things that they do is they take you out on a regular basis and they, they... Um, tell you they're going to do it. They tell you they're going to do it. They're going to tape it, and then they don't. So after hundreds of times, they um, of them doing that, you're almost ready for it to happen. It's just it. It's that collaboration that allowed the piece to be what it was. You know, is mm -hmm. being able to talk to everyone on set because those guys are producers. They're also they also have roles in the show, um, and it was it was I think it was imperative for me and what I had to deal with as the character to um, be able to be there in the right moment, in the right space in my head. No, or, that's, that's, that's awesome. Do, uh, let me ask you, do you have yeah. a favorite type of, do you like being the heavy, the bad guy, the good guy, or you like comedy? Is there any favorite or do you just uh, take it as it comes and you just want to experience all of it? Uh, right now, I'm taking it mostly as it comes, but I I would have to say I I, I like it all. I, I played a lot of bad guys. Um, I think a bad guy is fun. You you don't have the a lot of rules, which is awesome. You know, you yeah. can kind of make it whatever you want. Of course, I like the idea of being the hero. Uh, the the reluctant hero is a character that I'm I'm a fan of. I I think they're the most honest because I don't think a lot of times in real life heroes are set trying to be heroes they're they're just doing something that was put in front of them and they don't and they don't back down you know they step up to the to the mm -hmm. situation and so I, I like that type of role um and you know i like it all i can't i can't really i don't want to say i can't really say that one thing is preferred over the other i liked doing it all from comedy i like the the collaboration that everyone has everyone wants to make the joke land it's such a a, a team effort um in drama i 
when people are good it's it's you're you're living different lives you know you really are living different lives and it's it's amazing um to that's part of that's the main reason we got into this is to be able to live different lives as actors you know to portray different stories and uh yeah i love it all man i gotta be honest there's not one thing that i i think is better i, I really enjoy doing it all no that's awesome um I saw in your bio that you train, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, Sayak Kali. It's a Filipino yeah, martial Sayak art. Kali. Say, Sayak yeah. Kali. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, you know, it, yeah, it, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, I wasn't familiar with it, so I had to look it up. Um, but uh, it, it seemed really interesting. And uh, tell our listeners a little bit about this. And you've been doing this for about four years, you said? Yeah, I've been training about four years. It's a, it's a, a really, um, it's a bladed uh, weapons martial art. So you're dealing with knives and bolos. It was developed uh, out of Kali um, by Pomonatuan Chris Sayak. And um, it, it's, it's really all encompassing. It's about awareness. Um, you know, that for me, that's the thing. It really opens you up to understanding, um, what's around you and how a lot of times people aren't aware. Um, it helps quantify a lot of stuff logically, um, as far as, um, different, um, uh, the way things happen and how, how to avoid them. Um, and then it teaches you the motion and the motion, the reps, those are the things that, that come into play when actual things are happening in real life <laughs> you know you're, you're not sitting there you don't have time to think about it in real life when when all the shit hits the fan if, uh, sorry i don't know if i can say that but when everything goes down you don't have you don't have time to think about it. it the reps that you do before that are what come into play and so it teaches you a lot about that um you know i've gotten an opportunity to work with you know ex um military and learn from them in that as well. People that have had boots on the ground and and did those real reps. And it's it's a powerful tool. Um, you know, we, we work, we have a SIOC tactical group, which is a, um, they work with the military and training military. We have, we have mm -hmm. a lot of people, we have some higher ups that, that train military uh, folk. And then we also have a SIOC combat choreography, which is our, our uh, Hollywood <laughs> uh, department, if you will, that works with uh, doing real uh, choreography in film, like the movie The Hunted, Tommy Lee Jones and Benicio Del Toro. We, we did that, um, which is a really powerful. Um, like you watch it, you, you see some real blade work, which is really cool. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, again, I, you know, it wasn't something I was familiar with until I looked it up. And then I saw that there's quite a few of the Navy uh, SEAL team guys that are firm believers in this. And I'm sure that's some of the guys yeah. you've been working alongside with. So that's, uh, that's really cool. I, I was curious if, and, and, and you, again, you segued perfect into it. Is this something that we're going to see more of in the, in the movie industry? And uh, you just answered that. So uh, that, that's neat. That, yeah. You know, it's something that you can segue into, like if you get a role and you already know what's required, right? Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's helped me a lot. And just, you know, because what part of what we do is an integrated uh, combative 
So mm-hmm. you, you really learn to use from hands to blades to to um, um, guns, uh, how that all plays together and how to deploy uh, in close quarters and, and like I said, in real uh, combat. Now, and then you have to then kind of explode that and then put it into film and how can we make that as real as possible? Um, because as anybody who's ever done real martial arts or seen real things happen, the movies sometimes can be a little (laughs) frustrating to watch because of all the um, wide open hands and everything that happens. So it's, um, it's an interesting experience for sure. You know, does that discipline, that self-discipline, does that help with your acting? I think so. I think, you know, a lot of times, one of the things that uh, people miss is, is, being able to sit back um, and and watch how things go, how you interact in auditions, especially like people don't actually evaluate how things, um, you know, in the military, they call it the AAR. So you do, mm-hmm. you do that as an actor, it's important to do that. So you know what worked and what didn't. And it's helped me those, those types of, you know, observer experiences have helped me, um, uh, understand things and get better at different things uh, that I do in the audition room. Because that's that's a totally different world than than the actual acting on set. That you know, there's that observer rep that you can do, and then you also have the the rep where you're going the room and you're trying to book the job. And how do you do that the best? Give them the most powerful experience that they can receive as well. That's awesome. And I also know you do some personal training yeah. on the side as well. Uh, you know, how's that going? <laughs> uh, it's good. It's, you know, not exactly a lot of gyms open out here, but, you know, you right. develop what you got to, you know, you learn to survive. And so during this whole thing, I was, I was doing it by FaceTime, just trying to make sure uh, I was able to keep living the life I want to keep living and, and not get held down by the fact that, you know, there's no TV or film work happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everything's slowed down sure. right now. Huh. So, yeah. Oh yeah. So they're they're you know, probably going to be coming that, back in August. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Is uh, you know, with with the <laughs> COVID nineteen coronavirus stuff that's going on, when when do you think that uh, we'll see something? You know, back in the uh, production, I guess you could say, uh, phase of things going on. And what's what's next for you? Do you have anything lined up? for when this stuff is all over well um uh, for the first part of that the uh production looks to be coming back in august uh some people maybe a little later depending on where you're at like toronto or um, vancouver it should be coming back in august so it, de- it depends on what the, the studios want but it looks like they're gonna be doing what is considered kind of a potted experience so they um they'll be uh once the actors are together, they quarantine for 14 days and then they don't, they don't separate. So they're going to be, um, by themselves a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so that no one gets infected. Um, and then the, how people tape is going to be changing. I don't think there's going to be any more fight scenes for a little bit or love, love scenes are going to be limited, uh, just because you can't really not share <laughs> germs yeah. at that point. Um, same thing with fighting, all the heavy breathing and things. Um, 
uh, and then taping will be a little farther apart as far as how close you are. And then, you know, that, that, that'll, that'll get things back in the work until there's a vaccine, hopefully, which is sooner than later, hopefully. Um, and then, um, as far as me, uh, you know, I'm kind of seeing where things come after this. And, you know, I have a couple of things that I'm waiting to hear about, um, whether they're going to go through or not. And then also my, um, writing partner and I, uh, we've been working together for 10 years. He's actually my manager as well. Uh, the same guy that told me I should come down here and do this. Uh, we've, uh, we've been doing a lot of writing and, um, we have a couple of TV pilots as well as, um, a couple of features that we're shopping, going to start shopping around when everything kind of clears back up. One of them is actually, uh, uh, based around a, an ex, um, or XF, SF guy coming back, um, to, uh, after, um, being discharged. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and it, uh, it's, it's an interesting, uh, film kind of hell or high water meets taken. Um, it, it's it's a really cool story that I'm excited to tell, um, and a couple of the main characters are both ex-military, and um, it'll be fun. It'll be a, a fun one to shoot. We're gonna shoot a, a teaser for it after once everything settles down, and then um, move on from there. Well, awesome. Well, Jake, uh, we really appreciate your time this morning. I know we got you up early, yeah, of but. Yeah, we uh, we loved having you on the show, and uh, hopefully the next time when you play the SF guy, you'll play a good guy here. So uh, yeah. yeah, I would love but that. Hey, man, I actually, it's all good. I was it's telling, all good in the end. Exactly. I uh, I was telling some of the guys maybe I could pick your brain, make sure that we're giving this uh, this guy because he is ex uh, SF uh, some some stuff maybe not right now but um, i'll try to get your i'll get your email and i'll, I'll send you a, a request sure like, any, anytime make sure i, I don't not, know if i'd be the the guy you want to talk to i usually did everything the wrong way so when i was in but uh <laughs> <laughs> well that's maybe fine we'll, we gotta know about maybe that we'll stuff put too. you on with one of the yeah we'll put you on with one of the other sf guys and uh because I, I usually did everything the wrong way but uh no, but uh, we really appreciate you having, uh, you know, the time for us this morning, uh, you know, and being on the software radio podcast. And we hope we can do this again with you again real soon. Yeah, me too. Sounds good. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for inviting Thank you. Me. And uh, all the best to you. And uh, stay safe out there in L.A. been listening to soft rep radio protect your dream home with american family insurance and you can weather any storm you'll also save up to 25 percent by bundling home auto and life american family insurance get a quote find an agent at amfam.com 
products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.